everyone, and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and with me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on? Oh, you know, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Such is our panty lives now. (laughs) I work hard and I watch Star Wars, pretty much. It's what I do. That's good life. You can't can't be wrong with that. Can't be wrong with that. I went and saw Shang-Chi yesterday. Ooh, I heard it was good. Yeah, it was it was good. Went by myself. What theater so. did you go to? So I went to one down by us, the Cinemark one. Yeah. Because there was two showings, 1130, 11.45. 11.30 was kind of packed for, for me. 11.45 wasn't as bad, so I took like the very top end seat and bought the seat <laughs> next to me so nobody would sit next to me. This is how I am, people, right now. But it worked out. It was good. It was uh, It was great. It was great. Highly go recommend seeing it. I, mean, I'll, I would like to go see it again. We'll yeah, talk. I want to see it. My kids uh, went and saw Eli went and saw it with his friends and then Carmen's dad forced her to go. So now I guess I got to go by myself. Oh, I'll take Deb. Me and Deb will go. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. She'll like it. It's a good movie. Yeah. She'll like Still it. haven't watched Black Widow. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Started watching some of the what ifs, but oh, I was like, good. "Yeah, they're they're good. They're interesting." Yeah. Super when I started watching He Man and that, whoa! That oh, He Man awesome. was good too, dude. He Man was good too. Yeah, yeah I like He Man was really good. All right, guys, this is your first time listening to us. Welcome. We actually are a Star Wars podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy, far, far away. In each episode, we'll dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it, we talk about it. So, Ange, we're going to talk about that finale of Mand- uh, Mandalorian Season 2 of The Gallery, which was obviously either delayed or, you know, they wanted to hold off on it for whatever reason. They're showing that now. It, it dropped um, on August 25th. And it was all about the the finale and the obviously big reveal of Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill obviously being a part of it. A lot of cool stuff was said in this gallery. It was really, really interesting, I thought. A lot of things that were brought up between Filoni and Jon Favreau and even Mark's perspective and kind of like the cast and uh, the, the producers and the director, uh, Peyton Reed. A lot of kind of cool stuff, interesting stuff. Um, you know, it was it was it's it was different. Obviously, like this gallery was different from season one because season one we had like eight parts to it. Obviously, with the pandemic, it probably uh, they probably either shortened it or whatever they had to do. You know, so it was it was interesting. But I want to hear your overall kind of get, if you want to give me your overall thoughts on it, and then we'll kind of dive into some of the 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 meat of it. But what was kind of your overall thoughts on this this episode of the gallery? Uh, basically, it was about kind of that finale of, of Luke Skywalker and kind of what they did uh, to make it happen. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, anything that kind of goes into... Like, I loved seeing that the makers of Star Wars and the creators inside Star Wars and the people that are involved feel the same way as we do about Star Wars. Yeah, that was. That was the best thing that landed for me was 
they get those feelings in the middle of doing these productions and it's exactly how we feel. So I thought that that was just amazing. You know, I love behind the scenes stuff. I thought this one was great. I thought it was necessary to have, uh, you know, I, I thought it was awesome that they talked about all what different technologies they could have used, did use, you know, how Mark was involved, how Max was involved. I mean, it, you know, and it it's almost beautiful to see John Favreau, Dave Floney, and Peyton Reed talk about Star Wars the way we talk about Star Wars. Yeah. And and yeah. feel passionate about let's do this um right and let's do it for the fans. Again, this is not saying that anything was done wrong previously. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, and I guess we can get into that. Did you feel like when John Favreau said that they feel like they have a responsibility to fans and the audience of Star Wars to handle things correctly, quotations, and to handle things responsibly. I don't take that as a dig at Ryan Johnson or The Last Jedi or anything or J.J. Abrams or, you know, the sequel trilogy. I just think we're to the point to where we want to some most fans want to see what happened right after Return of the Jedi. And we're there. So let's bring in, you know, the characters, some of the characters that were in Return of the Jedi. It seems appropriate but I don't think they're saying what has been produced before wasn't done correctly. But it it was like a sideways comment, I think. Did you think it was? I don't know if it was a sideways comment, but I think for me, I think that's it's honestly how I think John Favreau, Dave Filoni feel. Like it's their responsibility to keep it as close to George's ideas george's opinions george's kind of themes and it's not a dig at the sequel trilogy at all I, I don't could you take it that way can people spin it that way and make youtube videos about it yes of course they can obviously they're going to do that for sure but i feel like it it was more of a just this is how they're approaching the show this is how they how their process is in making this show for, you know, us fans, you know, they just wanted to convey, this is what they're doing. This is how they think of things, you know? And again, I don't know. I don't think it's a sideways, but I, it could, you could take it that way though. You could, you definitely could feel that, but I don't think John nor Dave, you know, really would say that and mean it and like have it a dig. It's just, how right. they feel about Star Wars. You know, they're from right. the original trilogy. This is how they grew up watching Star Wars. And this is how I feel like this is what they're making. They're making how Star Wars affected them and what they take took away from it and what moments, characters they love. This is what they're portraying into the Mandalorian. That's just how I take it. What about you? I mean, come, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I don't think they're the type of people to disrespect other directors and creators you know i love that that's their vision you know that they understand that um and john said that feelings run deep with star wars people that grew up 
with Star Wars at a young age. And at different points of the Star Wars, you know, cycle, I mean, but some of us have grown up with Luke Skywalker and had him in our lives for 40 years, and it is very impactful to see him again. And again, I was listening to our episode when we reviewed the finale, and I still, to this day, can't believe that I had an emotional reaction to seeing that. But I did. And it wasn't, again, and I even said this before, it wasn't because I felt like that character was handled improperly. If anything, it was actually handled properly in The Last Jedi so that this moment would be more impactful. 100% agree. Yep. Yep. Like, yes, fans are expecting to see Luke Skywalker a specific way. At the time that they're in right now, post-Return of the Jedi, the way we saw Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi was completely inappropriate. It just messed with people's expectations. But it was to the T appropriate of what he should have been going through and what he was and the things that he was struggling with. So to get that and then to come back, which is so Star Wars, right? Let's just bounce around (laughs) and tell different stories at different times and... It was amazing. And, you know, it's funny. I keep going back to Peyton Reed said, you know, that this was a really big deal, bringing the guy back in, bringing in Luke Skywalker. And we wanted to do it to where it wasn't too much and it usurped the rest of the Mandalorian story. But I hate to tell you, it kind of did. Like, it really did. It, And I think it's just impossible to bring a character like Luke Skywalker back into Star Wars at this age that we would love to see him in and it not just completely I mean I forgot everything that happened in the Mandalorian no, up to that point. Right. Yeah. I completely forgot. And uh, I don't know, but I mean that Luke Skywalker is huge, okay? I know some people want to get away from it or whatever. I think he is he's Star Wars to me, you know? So he's Star Wars to a lot of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And he, you know, it's just something about that time when you were growing up, when you revisit things that you s- used to see when you were little, that just like, like does something to <laughs> your insides. Like I saw a poster the other day of Batman and just an amazing bat signal. And I was like, Ooh, right now. I don't right. like Batman the way that I did, but to see the way it was when I was younger, was impactful you know so that's exactly the point i'm trying to get across the fact that we got to see luke skywalker as we remembered him when we were kids was very impactful and i thought that they and and i think that's what they were going for they wanted us to have an emotion feeling this and they did as well too it's awesome yeah you i you're 100 right um you know, when I was watching this the first time, I was kind of caught off guard a little bit just only because it was it was more of a heavy, which obviously it makes sense. But it was definitely heavy on the, you know, the concept of bringing Luke back, how they were going to do it. And I was hoping a little more like Mando stuff. But again, the, the finale was the big moment was Luke Skywalker. Like this is what they build up to. You know, so it was really, you know, watching it again, it was really fascinating to kind of hear them talk about, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to treat it. We want Mark involved. 
and we'll talk about this maybe later uh, in a little bit about how, you know, how early he was involved in the process. But it was really cool to hear, you know, like hear Mark and hear how excited he was to kind of just be a part of it. And, you know, how important it was for Peyton Reed, for John Favreau, for Dave Filoni to bring this character in. But like you were saying, they did it in a way that I think was respectful of the character, number one obviously got fans talking and wanted to convey that, you know, Luke Skywalker post return of the Jedi, all that stuff that we as fans have fantasized and thought about for years. Like, like you're saying, Luke Skywalker was the guy in the, you know, in the original trilogy, like he was the guy. So to see him in kind of what they wanted to do, it was fascinating stuff. And then, you know, again, we'll talk about the technology in a little bit too, but like how they wanted to do it, the, the deep fakes, the, the, the de-aging CGI stuff, like just how they kind of processed that all and to make it as, as good as they felt it could be at that time with the technology they had. And then I think even Dave Floney was talking about how, you know, the moment of, you know, they wanted to just show the X-Wing and then show a cloaked figure and then yeah. a lightsaber, the lightsaber yeah. color. And, you know, they wanted to build a moment like, wow, could it be, could it be, could it be? And that's what, that's what they did. Like they accomplished that. Like, cause I think we've talked we probably talked about it on the finale about like, man, was it Luke? Could it be Luke? Like it was hard to tell. Right. I mean, cause it's like, are they really going to go there? Like, how are they like, well, I can't believe they're going to go there. And they right. did. And that was the point of it. Like that was the whole point of them doing this character. And it, it really does only make sense to have him be the one to get Grogu and all that stuff. And then I, and I liked how, uh, no, it was John Favreau talked about how, you know, this was a two season arc of Grogu for, you know, Grogu getting him to a Jedi and getting him safe. Like that was the first two seasons so I kind of like that, like that's where his thoughts are. And then now, okay, so that was kind of like, you know, b- book one or whatever, how you want to talk about it. Like this was that part of Mandalorian. Now, what are we going to get post Grogu? Like, obviously they're not going to not have him in the show, but how does he fit in now? And how, and what does Din do now? Like, that's where I'm interested to kind of see where they take it. But I liked how his thoughts were, this is kind of the first two seasons. We found this child of Yoda species and we have to get him to a Jedi. Like that was kind of the entire two seasons of the journey. So I, I liked all that stuff again. Yeah. Dave Filoni can talk about star Wars and I'll just listen and just be in awe. Cause the okay. guy just knows what he's talking about. Peyton Reed. I liked his, like his excitement about doing it, being a part of it. And yep. how obviously, yeah, Luke was obviously a big favorite character of his, and you mentioned it before about, you know, seeing the everybody kind of react as they're editing it and seeing Luke and obviously Favreau's reaction to R2. That was such a cool little moment of, you know, Filoni saying that that's, you know, that's when he saw Star Wars in John's eyes and all that stuff. It is cool. I mean, I, I, I you're you and I are in the same wavelength. We always like the behind the scenes stuff. That's really fascinating because I love how they do it, how they make the movie magic, what they do, the the ideas they have, and to make it all come together. 
you know, they had a guy literally in a room doing all the images, like literally secretly in a room. Nobody knew. That was cool. And then even them talking about um, knowing and like Googling like the Mandalorian and seeing what information was out there. And yeah, I think even Filoni talked about how, you know, Ahsoka was leaked and, you know, Timur Morrison was leaked and all that stuff. And how they had to literally go instead of like in season one, where it was just the first episode, they had to go the entire season holding that big reveal. And that's insane that they kept it. And so that, again, that was kind of cool. And just them knowing that, you know, this is, they want to know what people are talking about, what's been leaked and all that stuff. But, you know, I, it's funny that Dave, one of my favorite parts was Dave doing the whole book, uh, Plo Koon and how that was in the script and that if it got leaked people would be like oh well that's you know that's my favorite character like he said he's like that's my favorite Jedi so people would buy it like they knew how to like mess with fans and so it's just funny to hear them kind of talk about like why they do why they're doing things how how much of a secret they really were keeping this because you know they they did this all in one day this whole Luke stuff in one day, they said, because most of the crew and all that were doing Robert Rodriguez's episode outside. So like they were literally had a very small crew on the set to do this and they had one day to do it. And it's amazing that what they accomplished in one day in what they made out of it. So yeah, overall, I liked it. It is. It's, it's a fascinating doc about what they were doing with, and how they wanted to bring Luke into the show, but do it organically, make it feel like it was natural. I, I just, I loved it. Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll talk about, um, let's kind of talk about the technology stuff because it was interesting to hear them, how they wanted to do it. Because obviously Peyton Reed, John Favreau have done Marvel movies, but specifically Peyton has did the de-aging stuff for Marvel with Ant-Man. So he was familiar with the process. So that was kind of on the table but then they were looking into all this deep fake stuff. And that was really fascinating to learn like that guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but the one that they had in the room, he was like pulling images and even images from like interviews randomly with Mark. And even for that audio, like the voice was uh, synthesized and they were Yeah, pulling, that was wild. Yeah. And they were pulling audio from even Mark reading books and doing all that audio drama. Like, it was fascinating how much they were like all the information they were pulling. And then they talked about like the VX stuff and how hard faces are. And like, you know, and it's interesting that they were talking, like I found it fascinating. They were talking about how Mark in, in each movie, like looks totally different in different lighting and everything. So again, like kind of the barriers that they have to go through to make it look pretty decent, which I think they did. And that's what even Dave Filoni said, you know, they, the, the, the buildup of like we were talking about earlier, like the, the X-Wing, the light, the lightsaber, the hooded figure that if people buy into it, then the reveal with like the de-aging CGI, deep fake stuff, it will, it will be, it will be fine. Like people will buy it. And we did, and we did as fans, we bought it and it was cool. But, you know, then, them talking about how this technology is readily available and how it's, you know, we should kind of take precaution in it and like kind of maybe not um how, how to favreau say it he, he basically was like maybe we get to a point where we have to show that this is like the actual stuff 
versus this is actually the deep fake stuff because it will get to a point like he was saying that it's going to blend and going to be so hard to tell you know the the real stuff from the not real stuff so this technology stuff was really cool i thought because i I like that aspect of it and you know how they used it and what they wanted to use it for was really 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 cool so what was your thoughts on the whole technology talk i thought it was fascinating stuff that they did yeah i absolutely loved that they gave you the three different examples of like what you could do to de-age someone right you could do um, CG, like how they did with Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, you can use deepfake software. That's not even their software. It's software anybody can use. And then also like the de-aging process with Lola and, you know, how it was used before with Marvel. I thought the way that they set that all up was absolutely amazing. And then it was interesting, like you said, they had that art director locked in a room and he was trying to use deepfake deep fake but down the line they decided this isn't the route they wanted to go and they wanted to stick with de-aging yet enhance it a little bit and they made that egg and you know they did different lighting picked out in real time what lines they were going to use and then made mark like redo those lines um it's like you know a lot of people said like the face was crunchy right it wasn't the face it wasn't really mark but you go back into it just like you were just saying the lighting on Mark is always different and he looks different. And it's kind of like how you remember him. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would always say that Mark got into an accident in between a new hope and empire. And that's why he looks so different. Right. And empire. People, yep. Yep. But I promise you, I could never until this day, I don't see a difference. I just don't. Neither I do don't I. see a difference yeah. of Mark from A New Hope into The Empire Strikes Back. But I do understand of how he can have different features highlighted in different lighting and he, he can look different. So when I first saw the face, right, just like uh, Filoni said, like you're in denial of this is going to be Luke because you can't believe this moment is happening. And the, in any other way... You would have been like, the minute I saw the X-Wing, I knew it. The minute I saw the green lightsaber, I knew it. The minute I saw the glove chain, I knew it. But going through that and being like, man, I, I just don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. And then when you saw the face, it kind of, to me, it didn't take me out at all. Like, I thought it looked fine. But again, it but it, it was different. You know, it was there, but it was different. And I like that they wanted to use the people like mark that were involved to like move that along not just images of mark you know that's why i like that they use the de-aging process instead of doing the deep fake stuff and then i know some youtuber like took what they had and did deep fake and everyone's like oh my god it's so much better like i get it like it it can be the technology is there to make it to where you don't even believe your own eyes or ears but I thought that they did it respectfully to the character and to the appropriate technology that they should be using in movies. Like, I, I, I get it. Deepfake's freaking cool, right? Right? Like, I could make myself look like Jimin from BTS. Right. You know? Right. But that and whoever created that software, you know, hats off to them. But it's dangerous. And then 
you know, I really love that he, John Favreau brought that up about it was kind of like Fantasia and, you know, when Mickey got the power to do the mops and the brooms, because it's true. People will use this technology to fake you out on anything, right? Who knows? Like maybe down the line, we could get a presidential speech and it's not even the president, right? Right. Right. So it's messed up. So to me, not promoting deep fake and actually using the de-aging process with a real person was the better route to go. And I think that's what they were trying to get to because it is dangerous that you could you could get anything. You could get, you know, like a terrorist um, video letter and it's not even that person. You know, it's it's insane what could happen. So what's awesome is that they're also trying to create technology that marks and verifies where this image came from and, and what it has, kind of like a chain code. So that was awesome as well, too. You know, speaking of like how to ethically use this type of technology and to do these types of things is amazing because, I mean, it just shows that they're responsible creators, which I think is really great. Yeah, they, they definitely showed how, you know, the the different routes they took, but ultimately landing on something that they felt was more grounded, more more of what they were looking for. And again, showing, that was interesting that they were kind of showing the difference between like deep fake, CGI, all that other stuff. So, yeah, I, and I'm glad they did what they did. I mean, it worked out. I mean, like you're saying, I... I bought it. I mean, we all bought it. I mean, yeah. Could you be like, well, duh, yeah, that's not actually Mark Hamill. That's not. But like, it doesn't matter at that point because just like Filoni was talking about, it was the buildup to it. It was the X-Wing, the Saber, the hooded figure, like all that. Like it was the buildup. It wasn't like, that wasn't supposed to be, you know, exactly like him. Like that wasn't the point of it, you know? And I thought it was awesome that Mark Hamill said, if they're going to tell a story of Luke post Return of the Jedi, he never thought he would be involved in that. He was absolutely fine if they were just to get another actor that had his likeness. But the fact that they stayed true and kept Mark involved and used the de-aging process was amazing. But, you know, going forward, do I think they're going to use Mark still and do the de-aging process if they have Luke in The Mandalorian or other projects um no i don't i think that they are going to go now with someone an actor that has his likeness and that's fine and i'm totally okay with that like and i'm glad you brought it up because i yeah i want to kind of talk about mark and his involvement because it was interesting that obviously they they talked to him early on like they were like hey we want to get your opinion on some stuff we're doing he was like, oh, okay, kind of weird, but okay. So he, you know, they brought him on, showed him that first episode or whatever before it even aired. And, you know, with the whole, you know, baby Grogu reveal and all that stuff. So it was cool that they were kind of showing him what they were doing. And then obviously he voiced the droid in the cantina and all that stuff. So it's like they, and I think even Favreau was like, you know, we, we talked to him about what we were thinking. Like this was obviously a possibility of what they wanted to do was to bring Luke back. And then even Filoni was like, if, if it was, you know, if, if I or John did not agree on maybe, maybe Luke, they would have, they would have figured something else out. 
but they but they both felt that he was the correct person to answer Grogu's call, which was again that was cool that they were obviously on board. As you know, maybe some people want to say that they are on that you know they're on opposite ends all the time for some reason. Whatever you want to read some of those or watch some of those stupid YouTube videos, but I liked how they thought about it. They wanted Mark involved, and they talked to him about it. And he, you know, and he had to kind of think about it. And that was kind of cool that he talked about like them going over there, him reading the script, and they were kind of, you know, nervously awaiting to see if he would want to do it. And they did it. And he was, he was, you know, I, you, you do love to hear Mark talk about, you know, just being Luke Skywalker because he's done it for so long and how he is passionate about it. But just like you said, Andrea, like he was okay. He is totally okay with them using somebody like him to play his character. Like, he is he's he's okay with that and that's kind of cool to hear like i'm i'm not that that not that they should just go ahead and start like casting people and playing them and everything like that but it's good to know that mark is saying you know if you guys want to do something you don't have to keep keep bringing me back to do this stuff so i found that i find that interesting because again you know, now I think maybe they have more stuff that they can do. I mean, they use that guy, Max, which was cool. I mean, he looked great to me. He looked fine to me. I would have been. Even Mark it. said, like when he was watching on the monitor, he said he looks like me more than I look like me, you know? So, right. and I know that people always bounce around Sebastian Stan and whatever. I think we're kind of past Sebastian Stan looking like I. Yeah, Return I of the agree. Jedi. I think we Luke have Skywalker. To He's that. like yeah. past that point, right? So, um, yeah, I, you know, do I want Luke Skywalker to continue to be involved in the Mandalorian or other projects? Yes, and the reason why is because recently read *Heir to the Empire*, the original um, Thrawn trilogy written by timothy zahn that's legends not canon and it's heavy with luke and thrawn right and it's heavy with the original trilogy moving forward into a different time and era and it's it is completely appropriate that that you could involve those two together because they have already been involved together right you don't have to pull all that information and make it all canon but it does work so i think that they should incorporate some of skywalker into the soka series into thrawn into ezra all of that stuff i think he should be there but i don't but it's tough you know just like we said earlier he takes over what is currently on because he is such a historical and monumental character. So do I maybe not want in, him in there because I'd rather concentrate on newer characters and watch how their story flows? Yes. But believe me, I would love to see Luke Skywalker at his peak and, you know, going through his fighting style and and being the badass that, you know, we remember and wanted to continue to see, right? We got to see that at the end of the 
Last Jedi when he stood up against Kylo Ren. It was amazing. But in this age, I yeah, I'm cool if they continue to keep Luke Skywalker or bring him back into projects that are coming up. Yeah, because it, it, it only does make sense. And I think hopefully maybe by doing what they did, maybe they realize that, okay, maybe we need to find somebody instead of trying to do this whole de-aging, CGI, deepfake stuff, whatever, and just, you know, bite the bullet. Because I honestly, I think it's time as fans, in my opinion, that, okay, we did a Han Solo movie that isn't Harrison Ford. And it was, I liked Solo. I liked the movie. I liked um, Alden in it. Like, I think he did a good job. I think as fans, we have to like be okay that if you guys like, you know, a lot of fans want these stories told. They want that Luke story told. Okay. You're not getting Mark Camel to do that though. So you have to A, realize that. And B, be okay with if they get another actor to play him and don't start doing YouTube videos saying, oh, why are they bringing Luke back? This is stupid, blah, 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 blah. That, why then? then? Then they can't tell the story. If you want that Luke story told, I hate to say it, you know, Mark, he, he's not going to be able to do, do it. You have to have a younger guy. So that's where you're at with it, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, that's how I am. Like, okay, like, if you want a Luke Skywalker showing up more often, cool. I'm with it, too. I love it. But you can't have Mark doing these CGI crap and all that because I think it just, it would, it's not the point of it. You want the character. Yeah, Mark played Luke Skywalker. He's a monumental person, and he loves Luke Skywalker probably more than anybody. If he's saying that, basically, if you guys need to use somebody else, then freaking do it. You have the guy's blessing. I don't know. What do you think about all that? Yeah, absolutely. I think some of us just, you know, when you said that Luke Skywalker is probably more important to Mark Hamill than anyone else. I think we kind of forget about that, you know, that he has an ownership to it and he's willing to see it grow without him is huge. You know, absolutely huge. I also liked when Mark talked about like John would send him reaction videos of of people, you know, how how they reacted to seeing Luke come down that hallway. And I know a lot of people were like, ooh, Star Wars Theory, big baby. And, you know, and Mark had retweeted that video or whatever. Does that guy should that guy have credit towards anything Star Wars? No, but truth. Mark doesn't know that, right? He's not like in the Twitter verse, like knowing what Star Wars Twitter is like and who we hate and who Nor we don't and who gets that. Care. And right. he doesn't care. He just saw someone have a genuine reaction, you know, and other people have genuine reactions. And that's the one he wanted to share, right? So I think that's cool that they keep an eye on the fans, you know? Um, maybe not to the, you know, extent that a lot of fans think but they keep an eye on us and and that's what it comes down to Floney says star wars it should be about a good feeling it should make you feel good and that's what they're aiming towards you know is to make fans happy and to create new fans 
as well, too. And they're doing it. I mean, they're doing it. Now there's going to be, we grew up loving Yoda and Luke Skywalker, right? Now there are kids that are going to grow up like Alex, my nephew. He loves Grogu and he loves Mando. You know, those are his characters now. So if he's going to see them 20 years from now, 30 years from now, he is probably going to have the same reaction of seeing them as us seeing Luke Skywalker 40 years later. That's the point of this. That's yeah. like the whole point of Star Wars. Like, like I think it was Favreau that Favreau said, like, it's a generational thing, man. Like, now these people that saw Luke when they were young, now they're sitting down on the couch with their kids who are maybe going to school, going to college, whatever, and they're watching... Grogu and Mandalorian like now it's their turn like again like now you know Favreau and Filoni grew up on the original trilogy right which is awesome and this is the show you know the show that they want to make is kind of obviously very influenced by all that by George and everything but now it's it's kind of cool to see like these up-and-comers uh, like the the director for Acolytes, who is a huge fan of the prequels. So like now we're going to get people who like all that stuff. So it's it's right. It's, exactly. It's generational, man. Like this is the point of it. So, yeah, we all want like that Luke story and we all want to see what he was doing post Return of the Jedi. OK, yeah, so do I. Cool. I want it. But you're not going to have Mark Hamill. So you people have to understand that they're going to get somebody else to do it. And that's fine. If you want to see Leia Organa again, you're going to have to have somebody else do it. Yeah. You wanted a Han Solo film. You got somebody else to do it. Like, it's okay to do that. Like, that's just part of the business, right? Like, if you like these franchises, I mean, if they did a whole start, they did a whole reboot of Star Trek. They got new people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just part of it. So sometimes I feel like there's fans that, I think hold on to the like, oh, it has to be Mark or it has to be Harrison Ford. Gatekeepers. Right. In all honesty, right, correct. And though like that's where you have to like let it go and just, you know, enjoy that they're doing a whole freaking Luke Skywalker series or something down the line. Like but- it, it doesn't like if you weren't an ori- original trilogy fan, it doesn't mean you're not a great Star Wars fan, right? Just hands down. Because you were born at a different time. You got interested in different ways. Just because you don't hold a strong connection to the original trilogy, like a lot of Star Wars fans do, doesn't mean that you're any, like, you're less than. Right. right? Exactly. But in the same boat, just because you're a different generation Star Wars fan doesn't mean that original trilogy fans are less than either or wrong for wanting to see some of those parts continue. That kind of pisses me off too when people are like, let's move on. Like, I don't want to see a whole documentary about Luke Skywalker. Sorry, buddy. Some of us do. Like, so let's allow those things to happen. They're going to be like, They're bringing in Ahsoka, like, in, right? No one freaking knows who Ahsoka is. Let's just be completely honest. Like, no casual Star Wars movie watcher (laughs) knows who Ahsoka is. They They just don't. And now she's coming in. Let's focus on that. Let's talk about how that is amazing, you know, that we're going to continue. And then, you know, Tamora Morrison, you know, Boba Fett, like, all those things, right? That that even stretches back to the prequels. Like they're involving everything. 
to get it back up and have it to have it have continuity probably all the way up even to the sequel trilogy they you know teased maybe it's a snoke in that thing they are bringing the continuity back into star wars and it's completely appropriate pulling from all different avenues doesn't make one story better than the other or less than or anything like that will it give fans different feelings and reactions yes because that is the point right right Star Wars stretches across decades, so different fans are going to have different reactions. And I'm sick of people saying, um, I don't know, just like discounting people's feelings because they don't connect with them or they have some sort of FOMO because they don't connect with it. Right. 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 I feel like when people bitch about, oh, God, Luke Skywalker, right? To me, it's just freaking FOMO, right? You're kind of mad that you're missing out on this feeling that older fans have. That's no one's fault. It just isn't. So those these are like the types of things that spark, like sparked inside of me, like while I was watching this documentary, you know, is how divisive this fandom can be and how I just sometimes don't want to be a part of it just because mm-hmm. of those reasons. Right. No, me too. And, but it comes down to the reason that we're fans is because of the content, right? And because yep, people exactly. take, this is why take, you and I are doing this. Yeah. And because people take care of these characters and move them along, right? The, the banter back between different groups and different fans, I'm so over it. Like, I can't even like take it anymore. <laughs> I and agree. I, I don't want to be negative about it, but I just wish that people could enjoy star wars fully not saying they have to enjoy it to their maximum right but enjoy it and appreciate it and don't think that anybody else's opinion is different let people enjoy it the way they want like that's right. that's my thing like and i'm 100 with you like if someone loves the sequel trilogy let them love the sequel trilogy man for what it was, let them love the prequels. Let them love the original trilogy. Let them love Mandalorian, Clone Wars, Rebels. Like, who is it hurting if someone wants more Ben Solo, or if someone wants more Luke Skywalker, right. or someone wants more Ahsoka? Like, right? We all want more Star Wars content. It's the same damn thing. Yeah, maybe you're not as hyped for it, but guess what? There's a lot of people that are would be hyped for. More, more Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Dude, imagine a, a Ben Solo story. It right. would be outstanding. They really missed the boat on that. But then again, they really missed the boat on telling the continuation of Luke's story, right? So there's so much content. There's so much time and space that needs to be told, right? We forget about that. There's literally dead space in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. There's dead space. Right. So let's allow that to develop. And it's it's beautiful how it's happening right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well said. I mean, I. I agree. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing more infuriating when. People are trying to enjoy Star Wars and then they get told that's the wrong way to enjoy Star Wars. Like, right. Just, You're doing it wrong. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like. How am I doing it wrong? It's the way I like Star Wars. Like, I love Rebels. Like, Rebels is probably one of my favorite freaking shows. I watch it all the time. I love right. those characters so much. I mean, I, 
but am, am I wrong for that? No, because I like it. There's a lot of people that like Rebels. There's a lot of people that love Clone Wars. Like that was their Star Wars. That's the most important thing to remember is that people get inducted into Star Wars in a vastly different ways. And that's what's more exciting to me is that people are getting into Star Wars in different ways. And then they get to catch up and realize why people love this franchise so much and why people are reacting to seeing Luke freaking Skywalker in a hallway you know, destroying stuff. Like, that's why. That's why. So, uh, yeah. Any uh, last thoughts, though? Because, I, I mean, I, I I enjoy it. We, You and I both love behind-the-scenes stuff. I love it. I love hearing from the creators, from Mark to, you know, to how they were keeping the secret and all that stuff. Any any last thoughts? And then we do have a Ask the Gals question. Ooh. Uh, I thought it was so amusing that even while they were shooting those scenes, they were still calling him Plo Koon. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Right? Like, they couldn't even say Luke Skywalker. And I can't imagine the amount of stress that they were going to trying to keep that a secret all the way to the end, just like you said right. and just like they said. And it, the payoff was huge. I mean, it was huge. It was so huge that even the people that were in on the secret had had a moment and enjoyed it and was reactions like, to it yeah yeah it's insane it was insane yeah i i loved it i i love how you know just the thought process of it all and how they wanted to do it was really interesting so yeah i mean well said um so before we bounce so we do have an ask the gals questions and it comes from our good friend pete from the star uh star pours um podcast he says which of the animated shorts from the upcoming star wars vision series are you excited for most and why all of them yeah i mean no i was gonna say uh, i mean yeah basically yes i think the one that's intriguing to me is like the the twins who are i think sith that one's gonna be really really cool i think just because we haven't really seen anything like that yet in star wars so it's going to be cool to see it in anime and all that and what they do with it. It's going to be really, really cool. That's probably the one that has my interest. But it all looks sweet. It all looks cool. I can't wait to to see them all. Anyone that pops off to you, though? Anyone that jumps out? No. I mean, not one, like, pops out to me. The, the ones that utilize lightsabers and lightsaber battles, I think, are going to be freaking amazing. Yeah, Just sweet. to see those... That moment where those lightsabers connect and the clicking noise and the lights. Oh, my God. That stuff gets me so geeked. So anything uh, Jedi Force related, I'm going to enjoy. But also anything droid related, I really enjoy, too. So it's going to be just I can't wait. September 22nd can't get here soon enough. Yeah, it's going to be wild. I can't wait to watch on. They all drop all at the same time. So it's going to be really, really cool. We'll probably obviously have reactions to that. So. Look forward to talking about those for sure. So thanks for the question, Pete. Appreciate ya. So that's it, kids. That's our thoughts on the uh, Mando season two finale, uh, the gallery. Good stuff. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch. Enjoy. Really good conversations happen throughout that documentary. And if you like this episode, you can always get more. Uh, we are on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the big stuff. Remember to hit that uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all that jazz for sure. We are on Twitter at the Galactic Pod, and you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Lauren Knows on Twitter and Instagram. 
And Andrea, where can they find you? Oh, just on Twitter at R2D two step. Uh, I, I tweet about Star Wars mostly. I throw I th- I threw my the my apple pies I made the other day on Twitter. They were, they oh, were yeah. delicious. They nice. were delicious. I saw those. Those looked really really good. So I tweet about Star Wars. Follow me. There you go, kids. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. Always.